I came from a low-income family that was, that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GCE became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey, what's up? I'm so glad you're here. I'm always honored that you want to spend some time with me. You've probably figured out I'm sticking to about three shows a week for The Shaleen Show. So that means if you've fallen behind, today might be a great day to do some binge listening. Start with this episode and then work your way backwards through any episodes you might have missed. This one's going to be really cool. Now, this isn't Build Your Tribe Tuesday, but the guest I'm about to introduce you to has a huge following across the world. Today's guest is Mark Sisson. He's a pioneer in health and fitness and his expertise, fat loss. He's the author of The Primal Blueprint and The Primal Connection. Mark is the founder of one of the most popular blogs on the internet. It's called MarksDailyApple.com. He's made it his life's mission to study human evolution and the recipe, like how we've really been constructed over time to be fit, healthy, lean, and happy. You've heard guests of The Shaleen Show talk about intermittent fasting, eating a whole foods lifestyle, eliminating sugar, and we talk about all of those things in this episode and more, and in greater detail. This is a guy who walks his talk. He looks the way he looks 24-7, as do most of his disciples, the people who follow the Primal Blueprint diet. Some really cool stuff for you to take away from this interview. It'll change the way you think about food and exercise. So let's get to it. Mark, it's Shaleen. How are you? I am so awesome, Shaleen. Thanks for having me today. I am so excited to just learn, really, because as my lifers know, the funnest piece of the podcast for me is it's going back to school and I get to share this knowledge and, and learn right alongside my lifers. And today I have the foremost expert, the guy who created the primal blueprint. And you have given me permission to ask you anything I want. That's right. Is that true? <laughs> I guess so. It sounds ominous when you put it like that. Well, can I start with a controversy? Okay. Do I have you nervous yet? Yeah. Well, because I guess there's like this really big controversy online that people believe that what you s are saying can't be true. Like there's no possible way that you are the age you say you are. And uh, I've looked at pictures and I just, I don't believe it either. Well, uh, it is true. I'm 61, just turned 61. You know, it's the, the irony of what the technology is that we've created with the Primal Blueprint is this exploration of how do you get your genes to rebuild, renew, regenerate, recreate you on a day-to-day, -day, on a minute-to-minute -minute basis based on choices that you make, the types of foods you choose to eat, your movement patterns, your exercise, sleep, sun exposure, and things like that. And both the long-term evolutionary biology clues and then the modern genetic science prove that our genes are actually these on-off switches that are rebuilding us based on inputs that we get to select. So I, I chose a long time ago to be a fat-burning beast, and I have trained my wow. body how to burn off 
my stored body fat, how to use that fat for fuel instead of having to depend on a, a meal every three or four hours or a fresh supply of carbohydrate or starch or glucose or sugar or whatever. Um, and it's a, it's a classic problem in today's society because most people have not developed that skill. And the irony is we're all born at that factory setting. We're all born to be good at burning fat, but we don't, we, you know, we, we, we give ourselves the wrong inputs uh, early on with access mm-hmm. to breads and pastas and cereals and sugars and desserts and candies and soft drinks and refined flours and all of the nasty stuff that we put into our bodies. And what all these nasty things are doing are turning on the genes that store fat. They're mm-hmm. turning on the genes that cause inflammation and maybe even cause autoimmune diseases or arthritis or uh, you know, cause us to retain water or cause us to have sinus infections more often than others. And these are all just sort of really cool hidden genetic switches that I've made it my life's work to be able to uncover using research and the science. Well, I wanted to get people really excited to not just listen, but to take some notes and apply this stuff. So I want to say that I am on your website looking, (laughs) oogling over these pictures of you just living this amazingly healthy lifestyle, but you, I want people to picture it because you're listening. You have the body that a 19-year-old young man on a beach would kill for, like, just really, you look like the epitome of health. And there are people who are ripped who you can just tell there's something else going on, if you know what I mean. You just look super healthy and just um, vibrant. And you you look, I'm looking at a picture of you right now on a paddleboard. Mm. And I, you know, I could zoom in and maybe I would know. But from looking at this picture and if someone said, how old is this guy? I would I would say, uh, 21, 22. I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have, I could, he couldn't be 19 because it takes some time to get that kind of muscle development. But this guy's probably, you know, early 20s. Well, and, appreciate that. Yeah. And I so can I ask as a personal favor on behalf of my lifers, can you give us the basic? What are the most important things that we need to understand? Because I want to get younger. I want to look good naked, as you say. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I've seen you on the video, Shalane, and you're doing pretty damn well. Okay, so let's uh, you know, let's be clear about that. But the irony is, I spent most of my life struggling and suffering as an endurance athlete. So I was a marathoner in the '70s and '80s. I was a triathlete in the '80s and into the '90s. Um, I put in lots of miles. I consumed lots of complex carbohydrates because I thought that's what you had to do in order to be lean and fit and healthy and happy. Well, I was performance fit. I could race fast, but I was very unhealthy. I had all kinds of health issues, and I had to work like crazy to um, to maintain any kind of muscle mass because I was running so much. So even though I'd hit the gym and lift the weights, I couldn't keep any muscle on. Mm. It wasn't until I discovered this like ridiculous secret that we don't have to work that hard in order to have the ideal body composition. 80% of your body composition happens as a result of how you eat. The other 20% can happen as a result of time you spend in the gym Mm. or working out. But 80% of it is determined by how you flip those genes on that cause you to burn fat all day long, whether or not you're working out, whether or not you're burning calories on the treadmill. So that's rule number one is understand that diet is primo when it comes to reconfiguring, repartitioning how your body derives energy from stored fuel. And you want it to learn how to burn fat. You know, and I think so many people, we, we beat ourselves up if we have to miss a day of exercise and we've given it too much. I mean, it's certainly significant. It's certainly powerful, but certainly not more powerful than what we're putting into our bodies. 
Right. And so when you when you get the inputs of what you eat aligned and when you start to become good at burning fat and you start to become you also one of the things that happens is you spare muscle tissue. So now when you spare muscle tissue because you've learned how to burn fat instead of depending on this glycogen glucose sugar refueling every couple of hours, when you learn how to spare muscle, then you don't have to spend so much time in the gym. And so what I do is I go to the gym twice a week and I do a, an intense brief workout. But I do that workout so that I can play hard in my other multiple hours that I'm spending moving around. So I, a long time ago, once I quit doing the, the heavy racing and the training, which was never really fun, if you, if you get right down to it, training for marathons is not really fun. It's, <laughs> you know, it's pain management is basically what it is. On your best day, you can say, well, I feel pretty good. I'm not dying or whatever, but that's, that's about the best you can do. So I sought ways to incorporate more fun into my life. So when you see me out on the paddleboard, I'm out there for two hours. I'm getting a crazy good workout, but at no point am I going, oh, when is it going to be over? Mm. You know, when does this end? I'm always saying, oh, where's the next dolphin I can check out? Or where's, you know, where's the next reef that I can look down and check some fish? Or where can I catch a wave? Yeah. When I'm snowboarding, you know, I want to be able to snowboard uh, one day to the next, to the next, to the next, and do so without getting injured and without getting beat up. That's the time I spend in the gym working on mobility and strength and, and, you know, all of the, the, the real muscle stuff, but I want to apply it to my ability to have fun in life and to play. Once a week, I play two hours of ultimate frisbee with 20 and 30-year-olds, and I can keep up with them sprinting because I've spent the time in the gym doing very focused, dedicated work, but not overdoing it. Like so I when you say, I, you know, I've spent, I go to the gym two days a week, those are two days of workout. And then, of course, your ultimate frisbee, that's another day of activity slash play, correct? Absolutely. So it's okay. a day of activity and play. And while I'm doing it, it's the most fun I have all week. Mm, Don't yeah. tell my wife that. But that's the most fun. I <laughs> but, but, when I'm, but when I'm done, it was also the best workout I had all week. Nice. You know, you, you had me at snowboarding. I love that you're a snowboarder. I know you're also good friends with our mutual friend, Tony Horton, and he's a skier. Well, Tony and I did a uh, helicopter snowboarding ski trip uh, a couple of years ago. We had a blast. I took my son with us. We went out with a couple of other mutual friends. We spent a week doing 13 to 16 helicopter rides a day, going to the top of these remote peaks. And uh, I was snowboarding. He was skiing down through the trees and everything. It was, it was just uh, one of the best weeks I've ever spent. That's so cool. Yeah. What are the basics of the Primal Blueprint? Okay, so the basics, I have 10 Primal Blueprint laws. And the first one is eat lots of plants and animals. And by that, I mean don't eat um, the crappy stuff. Eat vegetables, fruit, meat, fish, fowl, eggs, nuts, seeds, you know, eat real food. Mm -hmm. The second law, which follows from that, is avoid poisonous things. So we tell people, you, you don't eat the sugars, the added uh, refined carbohydrate, the processed foods. You try to eliminate those. Mm. Um, rule number three, move, move around a lot at a low level of activity. It doesn't what? mean you have to jog every day. It means walking winds up being one of the best exercises anyone can do. Not because you're burning calories, but because you're moving your body through space, through different planes of and ranges of motion. And that has the effect of uh, lubricating joints and making the muscles more balanced. And again, you don't look at this kind of movement on a day-to-day -day basis as a workout, but it is definitely necessary for your body to achieve the balance and the mobility that you that we all seek. So then what is your thinking or um, what is your position on HIIT training? So that just comes later. So when I say the foundation of my program is moving around a lot at a low level, mm -hmm. 
I'm also a big fan of high intensity training. Mm. So uh, what I'll also say is rule number four is lift heavy things. That mm-hmm. could be a form of hit training. So twice a week I go in the gym and I'll do push-ups, pull-ups, dips, lunges, squats, sort of body weight type stuff modified by adding a weight vest or something like that. And then sprint once in a while. And for me, it's usually sprinting once a week. So once a week, you go all out. That's really high intensity. Um, and I encourage everybody to do that. We're looking at an ancestral model. We're looking at mm. what our genes, mm-hmm. two and a half million years of human evolution, came to expect from us. And for the first two and a half million years, we had to sprint for our lives a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, run all out um, as fast as you could, heart rate as high as you could get it going, not for an hour, but for 30 seconds or 40 seconds. So we're able to incorporate that same sort of process into the recipe that we currently have, the DNA recipe that each of us has, which expects us to to go kind of all out once in a while. And the effect the effect of that is to raise natural human growth hormone and testosterone, to preserve muscle, to uh, ramp up your level of fitness to another uh, achievement level so that, and, and again, the evolutionary basis of this is that if you survived running away from the beast the one time, it made you stronger to, sur- to, to be able to survive running away from that same beast <laughs> next time, right? Well, that's primal, yeah. And that, that's yeah. exactly what, what I pictured too. One of the other uh, things that we talk about is getting adequate sleep. I think it's mm. sleep is dramatically overlooked by most people. You know, I'll sleep when I'm dead or, you know, wh- whatever. It's a, that's a very accurate statement. Yeah. Um, and, it, and a lot of people are suffering as a result of the lack of sleep. So we're big within the primal blueprint on orchestrating a sleep schedule that allows the body to repair and recover. Going back to, you know, your question, what does this anti-aging strategy look like? Well, part of anti-aging is repairing the damage you do on a daily basis. Mm. Some of that damage you have less control over than you might think. Like stress, for instance, you know, a lot of us bring a lot of stress on in our own lives and sleepy time is when we, our bodies repair from that stress. So it's, it's critical to get enough sleep. People tend to avoid the sun. Well, you know, sunlight is a, is an essential part of human existence. And again, for the, for most of human history, we were out in the sun and the sun was what created vitamin D, one of the most important vitamins that we have in our bodies. Uh, without vitamin D, we really don't have an, an effective immune system. So I encourage people to spend time out in the sun, even without sunscreen or without, uh, you know, cover-ups at some point. Uh, just some exposed torso or back for 10 or 15 minutes a day, a couple of days a week is enough. But a lot of people would avoid doing even that because they've been told by their doctors, nah, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to spend any time in the sun. The more time you can avoid in the sun, the better you are. We disagree with that. We think that more people are are unhealthy as a result of having consciously tried to avoid the sun mm. than are unhealthy as a result of having gotten too much sun. Wow. And uh, you know the final ad- admonitions of the of the laws: avoid stupid mistakes. <laughs> you know, it's it kind of goes without saying, and yet you know you ride a bike without a helmet, or you drive your car without a without a seatbelt, or you text while driving, or you. Uh, uh, drink while while texting or whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, there there are lots of opportunities for us to become less than mindful yeah. in today's society. And I'm I'm really about uh, making choices that are mindful, that are intuitively beneficial in the moment. So what the the end result of what I teach with the Primal Blueprint is, I want you to live an awesome life. And in living an awesome life, if you can be healthier and happier and more content and more f- fulfilled, how do you get there? 
you get there by making choices that are more likely to benefit you in the long run. And sometimes those choices need mindfulness behind them. Sometimes those choices need to be made from a position of knowledge and power, like what do I eat or how do I order in a restaurant where everything on the menu looks like it won't work for me. Right. And yet you still can. Or how do I get a workout uh, when I'm on the road and I hate the gym and the hotel? Well, I can show you how to do that. Or, you know, there's so many of these choices that we're confronted with on a daily basis that can determine whether we're happy or sad or elated or miserable or successful or unsuccessful. Life is really just about choices. And so my, my role and my goal is to, is to kind of teach people, look, here's some great choices. Here's some options. There's no right or wrong choice here. They're just mm. options. Mm-hmm. And if you choose the option I'm offering here, it's based on science and research. And there's a probably a good likelihood that that'll, that'll get you to where you want to go better than sitting on the sofa, playing the video game, eating the pizza and drinking soda. <laughs> so true. You know, some of them seem common sense. Um, but by the same token, I think it's it's the places where people allow a, a margin of error. So in other words, you know, make smart decisions. Well, we, we do so 80% of the time and, and avoid poisons. Well, if I'm avoiding poisons 80% of the time, that's good enough. But I, I think the problem is for so many people, they tend to believe that any type of protocol or diet or or even lifestyle feels like restriction, feels like here's what you can't have. So let's frame this accordingly and let's talk about What can we enjoy? Like if I'm eating a typical diet, a typical blueprint diet, is is this primarily what you would consider paleo? Yes. So the primal blueprint is a is a subset of the paleo movement, the general paleo movement. Mm -hmm. The basic elements of the primal blueprint eating strategy are number one, we don't count calories. Okay. What we do is we eliminate certain food groups because they're they're deemed to be part of that uh, toxic group. So we Mm -hmm. would eliminate uh, sugars, grains for the most part, including whole grains, and industrial seed oil. So we'd eliminate soybean oil, cor- corn oil, canola oil, things like that. And for that matter, anything made with those things? And anything made with those things, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, you say, well, what does that leave? Well, that leaves meat, fish, chicken, eggs, uh, nuts, lots of vegetables, every vegetable you can imagine, uh, fruit. So, you know, there's a lot of, lot of choices left there. Um, and all of those there are some pretty amazing spices and sauces you can put on top of them because we are big fans of real butter, of cream, of, of high-fat cream, of olive oil, of coconut oil, of red palm oil, uh, avocado oil, avocados, nuts. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, the thing that you'll recognize pretty quickly about the Primal Blueprint Eating Strategy is that it's very, it's rich in healthy fats, and it eliminates processed nasty carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Now, you say, where do you get your carbohydrates? Well, we get them from vegetables. We get we get a lot of carbs sure. from vegetables and some fruit. It's not a uh, draconian low-carb eating strategy. It's just one that, that, that gives us the sorts of carbohydrates that for two and a half million years of human evolution, we had access to. You know, we didn't have access to loaves of bread or reams of cookies or crackers or <laughs> desserts or pies or cakes or can't, all that other nasty stuff that, well, it's, it's nasty. I See, I'm judging. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's what you have to do when we're talking about danger, you know. But and and I'm and I'm suggesting that it it just doesn't serve us right. if our goal is to be strong, lean, fit, happy, healthy, and productive. Now, if our goal is to be hedonistic and to enjoy life moment to moment without any care for how long we live or how sick we get, then 
you know, then those are probably appropriate choices. But I'm just suggesting my assumption is that people that come to your site or your podcast or your tapes who come to my material mm-hmm. are doing so because they want to know the secrets. They want to mm-hmm. know what do I do because I'm really ready, willing, and able to do this. What what can you tell me that I need to do to accomplish to get to the ideal body composition? And that's what I'm about is the ideal body composition. Where is it that your body has all the energy it needs, doesn't get sick, is going to live the longest, maintains it with the least amount of discipline, calorie counting, and portion control, and all that other nonsense. And and so you do so with, with ease and grace. For you, is that a body fat percentage that you know, this is my ideal body fat? Yeah. So, I, so when you look at pictures of me without my shirt on on the site, that's what I've arrived at. But that's the body I've had plus or minus seven pounds for the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, I, people say, well, dude, what do you do for those abs? You must do Shaleen's workouts for those abs. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I could never do those workouts. Those are like, are you kidding me? Those oh, are crazy. That's awesome. Um, I've always had abs. What I do is I don't have any fat covering the abs. Mm-hmm. So the, the irony is, is I don't even need to do abs because everybody's got abs. They use them all the time. But it's, it's being able to uncover them by burning off the stored body fat that seems to cover the abs. And this mm-hmm. works for men and women as well. So let me dial you back just a second. First yeah. of all, I've had a multitude of experts on this podcast, and I can just hear my listeners going, well, now this is contradictory to the last person who we heard from who said, don't eat any fruits other than dark berries. So are you in that same mindset where fruits, not all fruits are made equal? I'm definitely in that mindset where not all fruits are made equal. Mm-hmm. So we'll be in agreement there. So dark berries, cherries, um, blueberries are my favorite go-to fruit. Okay. So, it, it, But it's all in the context of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who are athletes who would say fruit might be the single best way to replenish glycogen at the end of a workout. And mm-hmm. I would agree with that. There are some people who are trying to lose weight, and I would say, look, fruit is your enemy at this mm-hmm. point. D- mm-hmm. Don't go to fruit. If you're trying – if you've got 50 pounds to lose, fruit is not something that you want to rely on as your snack or, or whatever in between meals or as your dessert. Um, have another lamb chop rather than have uh, a, a bowl of fruit for dessert uh, because fruit sugar – is sugar and and the, the predominant uh, form of that is fructose and with a lot of people who have who have had uh, haven't been working out hard and haven't learned how to burn fat yet so they have they're not good at burning fat they've they've not tapped into their glycogen stores very much so their glycogen stores and their muscles are full that fructose goes to the liver and goes hey where do I go uh, I think I'll go to fat storage mm. because the muscles don't need me for replenishing glycogen so we we have to come back to the, the notion that each of us is individual, that there's a template that I will give you that fits over everyone generally, but then we have to look at specifically what are your goals, where are you at within re- the context of, of trying to reach your goal, how aggressively do you want to do that or not, and from there, I have the information that you can glean from my books or from my website. It's not like I'm holding it for the expensive consulting session, uh, but it, it's up to you to kind of dial in those final uh, numbers and what they mean to you. Love it. And I'm looking at this list of of foods that are plentiful on your program. And I know that so many people, and and myself even having coached and done personal training for many years uh, before doing what I do now, people would say, well, this is how I eat. And what they're failing to take into consideration are the things outside of these natural foods that they are just 
undercounting and they're not reporting and they're they're not taking into account how much it's impacting their waistline and their body fat. So, you know, we know that people are doing this and most often it happens because lack of convenience. I'm I'm stuck someplace where I don't have access to the foods that I'd like to eat and I need something quick and convenient. What are your thoughts on supplements, on shakes, on protein bars? Um, well, I'm, I make a great shake myself, Primal Fuel. So mm-hmm. I, I did it for me. I, I made a, a high-fat, moderate-protein, low-carb shake to fill in the blanks when I couldn't get to real food or when I feel felt like I needed to take the edge off the hunger. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm, – I'm a fan of using supplements – when they're well designed and well made, and and uh, they fit into the context of of an otherwise healthy diet, I'm not a fan of using you know sh- five shakes a day and nothing else to lose weight, for sure. instance. But as a tool to incorporate in your overall eating strategy, when you can't get to real food, the shakes and some of the bars are probably appropriate in, in with the. Uh, with the caveat that that's in, instead of like reaching for the bagel or the Cinnabon or something else. Well, let's talk about how to evaluate because I think that's where people get stuck. They're like, well, how do I know what's a good shake and what's, you know, a lousy one? And how do I know if I'm it's actually tough. put? So can you give us some just quickie like, hey, you know, if you see this, run as fast as you can. Well, if you see a lot of fructose used mm-hmm. as the um, main f- source of carbohydrate in a shake, um, I go the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of of casein as a protein source. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a fan of soy as a protein source in some shakes. Uh, so I, but I have my my biases when it comes to this because I've been doing my research uh, for a long time, and I know some companies will, would say, well, soy is you know women uh, want soy for uh, the estrogenic properties, and I'd say, well, you know that's that's a nice theory, but I don't agree with that. So some of this, Shaleen, comes down to you know, your background, your belief systems, your eating style, and so on and so forth. So for my eating style, I look for a whey protein isolate as the main source of protein. I look for healthy fats. So I, I, want, I don't want to see any trans fats. Um, I don't want to see that many polyunsaturated fats. I want to see good, healthy sources of monounsaturated and saturated fats. Um, I don't want to see a lot of added sugar, particularly the fructose. Uh, and those are probably the main, the go-to things for the shakes that I'm looking at. Well, speaking of fat, for just about any woman, they look at the back of a label. I I don't know when this habit was instilled in us, but even myself, I tend to look at the fat content first, even with the knowledge that I have. My eye still goes to the fat content first, and then I looked at all the other things. Why do we have this almost um, villainized perception of fat? It's been going on for a long time. It's been going on for decades that the, you know, I, I almost use the term collusion, uh, conspiracy, but <laughs> um, we, you know, this this idea that the government came up with a food pyramid that that eliminated fats in favor of grains, partly because the agricultural industry was pushing mm. the, the, the grain on us. Uh, the the notion that some of the early research done in this area, which seemed to implicate fat, and has l- long since been disproven. Uh, that fat has anything to do with heart disease, nevertheless got kept into the literature over years and years and years to the extent that now we were told avoid fats because they cause heart disease when nothing could be further from the truth. Wow. So we've had this ongoing faulty set of of conventional wisdom uh, uh, admonitions given by the government, by the uh, associations. Now, if you've been up on the literature in the last five or ten years, you start to see all the, the – 
Time Magazine had a thing about eat butter, you know, saying we we finally agree that fat is not the culprit and that we should be actually eating more fat and less of the refined carbohydrate. So what people do come with a primal blueprint is the first thing I tell them is look for the look for the carb content, look for the sugar content, forget right. the fat content on these things. Fat is your friend. Protein's good. I want to get a high protein shake, uh, but I I don't want to get a high carb shake in my case. And here's the thing. If you have done the work to train your body to become good at burning fat, a number of things occur, one of which is you don't have to eat every couple of hours because your blood sugar now stays normal because your body knows how to get energy from your stored body fat instead of always having to go to your glycogen and your glucose. Mm -hmm. So that's great. The other thing that happens is your appetite regulates partly as a result of that same mechanism. So now you don't have to eat as much to feel satiated, and I don't mean full. So one of the skills that we develop with the Primal Blueprint is the skill to be able to look at a plate of food, enjoy every single bite. And by the way, like I don't like kale, so I don't choke down a kale mm. salad. I was told it was the most healthy thing that you could eat. Interesting. I don't care. If I don't Good. enjoy eating it, I'm not going to eat it. Well, this is fantastic because I believe you need to you need to really look forward to your food. Absolutely. So I, I tell people I enjoy every bite of food I ever eat and when I've ceased to enjoy it fully, I have that ability, that skill to push the plate away. I literally ask myself, am I really hungry for the next bite of food? Is the next bite of food going to fulfill me or going to give me that kind of sense of pleasure or have I had enough and, and is it okay to push the plate away and box it up and take it home or throw it out or save it for, you know, put it in the refrigerator or whatever? These are the sorts of things where when I say you don't have to count calories, you get to that intuitive ability to know when enough food is enough food that you're not going to starve between meals, that you're going to have plenty of energy, that you're not going to cannibalize muscle tissue, which I used to do when I was a runner because I was a, I was a sugar burner and not mm -hmm. a fat burner. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of the great end benefits, the empowering aspects of the Primal Blueprint and of the whole paleo movement is you become better at burning fat. You unburden yourself of having to eat so much. You unburden yourself of hunger pangs and and threatening to tear someone's head off because it's one thirty and you haven't had lunch yet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, you find yourself able to 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 willingly say, you know what, I'm going to skip dinner tonight. I'm not going to eat until noon tomorrow or I'm not going to eat until breakfast tomorrow. And ha not only have it be okay, have it be healthy for you. Have it be part of your anti-aging strategy where the body starts to repair what it has. How, what is your position on intermittent fasting and, and what time frame? And how many meals do you eat on an average day? Yeah, so I eat in a, in a compressed eating window. So I'll have my first – well, I have a cup of coffee in the morning because I love coffee. Mm -hmm. um, but I have one cup. I don't have 75 like some people who go to the, <laughs> right. go to the office. I have one cup. But I typically eat my first meal around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. So that means I get up in the morning. I go to work. Um, I put in some time writing or doing what I'm making calls. I then will do a workout. I'll go to the gym and do a high-intensity interval training workout, fasted. Uh, or I'll do, you know, a set of uh, metabolic conditioning, Metcon workout, uh, doing uh, resistance training. Come home, you know, have water, whatever, but I won't eat for another hour or two until it's time to eat lunch. So I eat lunch at 1 o'clock typically. I might might have a snack later on the afternoon, high-fat snack like macadamia nuts or something like that. And then I'll eat at 7 to 7.30 at night. So I eat within that compressed eating window. Now, some people would call that intermittent fasting. I don't even call that intermittent fasting. I just say, look, I wake up. I'm not hungry. Why eat? Mm. That's another skill that you develop. If you're not hungry, why force yourself to eat? Well, if I'm keeping track of this, this is two meals and a snack? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, when I'm telling you that I don't need as many calories 
to get through the day as I used to because I'm more efficient and I'm accessing the protein from my meals better. I'm not running 100 miles a week. I'm mm-hmm. actually exercising less than at any point in my life except yeah. you know, for the times that I'm playing, but I'm not consciously going out and riding my bike 100 miles like I used to. Mm-hmm. So I take in far less calories and I don't need to eat that many calories. And one of the things that across the board, whether you're an athlete or not, what we found out with the Primal Blueprint is that people, once they get into this great eating style and they start truly tracking their their eating habits, they go, wow, I'm, I'm eating 30% fewer calories now than I did back when I was a sugar burner, when I was dependent on carbohydrates for all my meals. I'm eating 30% fewer calories. I have more energy. I maintain my muscle mass or I'm building it still and I'm not hungry. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 kind of weird. Like in the old days, I used to see how much can how much food can I get away with eating and not get fat, you know, and not gain weight. Yeah. And now it's almost the opposite. How little food can I get away with eating, and maintain my muscle mass, maintain my energy, and not be hungry? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of the things I started to change is exactly that eating within a really condensed window. And at first, I thought I was like on the show Survivor, like this isn't going to be possible, and. And I'm surely I'll pass out and faint while I'm driving. But it's it is crazy. Now I'm having to go, well, gosh, it's noon. I better eat. But I'm still finding it's interesting that I'm not hungry. But when I first started doing this, you know, eating within a condensed window, as you refer to it, it felt like deprivation only because it was a habit. But I quickly realized I feel great. I feel better. Partly because it was a habit and partly because you hadn't yet built the metabolic machinery ah. to burn the fats and to burn the ketones that happen as a result of becoming a, a, a good at burning fat. So when you become fat adapted, as we say in the industry, you also become keto adapted. Ketones are a byproduct of fat metabolism, and the brain can use them uh, more effectively than it even uses glucose. So when you, bec- when you develop this skill, that's one of the things that happens is originally, initially when you start to compress this eating window, the brain goes, hey, where's my glucose? I'm gonna, this, isn't, this isn't working. I'm going to faint. I'm going to pass out. Well, over time, when you build that metabolic machinery to be able to handle the ketones, the brain goes, ah, this is even better. I don't, even, I don't need glucose. Shaleen's burning fat. It's great. She's not working out too hard now. So all of this happens as a result of normal byproduct of metabolism. I'm getting ketones to the brain. The brain uses those as, as an efficient fuel and you don't you don't need to eat and it's a it's just a such an empowering feeling yeah. to recognize that you've built this sort of metabolic machinery and how do you handle it when there's a social engagement scheduled at 9 p.m. do you just adjust and and it's a surprise and so you know you you had your regular morning but now you've got this surprise social engagement at nine o'clock how do you handle that is there food there or not yeah there's food then you know it's literally it's it's foraging off the buffet line so uh, it's, it's 9 o'clock, and you say, well, I haven't eaten since 12.30, say. Um, I, I don't want to – I'm not choosing to fast through the night, so I want to have something to eat. So in my case, it might be going to those little quarter-sized sandwiches and pulling off the bread and eating mm-hmm. the, the ham and cheese. Mm-hmm. And not much, by the way, just enough to take the edge off. It, it's amazing how little food we actually need to survive. To take the edge off. Yeah. That's right. You know, I – I really do believe that it's easier to make change when you understand why, when you understand how, and that's what I love about your site. It's what I love about what you do and the community that you've built. And I want people to have access to that, to be able to go back to school. So how can they learn more about this? MarksDailyApple.com is my blog. It's the largest uh, ancestral health blog in the world. 
been around for eight years, something new and exciting and hopefully entertaining and, and wise, posted every day. <laughs> Love it. Um, t- tremendous archives and research and resources there. Uh, and then we just introduced a Primal Blueprint Expert Certification Program. So people who really want to dig deeply into this, and you talk about going to school. Yeah. Uh, this is the equivalent of a third-year college course. But Tell me about it. It's an online program, so you can learn at your own pace. Uh, 13 modules. It's about 100 hours of material, but it's it's uh, volumes of digging deeply, deeply. So not just what to do and how to do it, but really why we do this. Why in the context of evolution, in the co- what's happening at the cellular level, what's happening at, at the mm. genetic level when we make these adaptations, when we choose these types of foods, when we choose to exercise this way versus that way. And the idea is for you, to, again, to, to get this intuitive ability to make choices for the rest of your life that serve you or your clients or your patients, because a lot of uh, health professionals are taking this course, to serve you in the, in the best possible interest. It's 13 modules. There's an exam at the end of each module that you have to pass in order to move on to the next one. Several hundred people have taken the course already and just think it's one of the greatest things they've ever done. We've gotten rave reviews on it. So if you're somebody who really wants to dig deep, deep, deeply into this concept of ancestral health and how do I find those hidden genetic switches that can rebuild me and renew me and regenerate me on a daily basis, this is the go-to thing. I love it. You know, Nelson Mandela said, education is the most powerful weapon we have when it comes to change. And I think that's especially true when it, it comes to changing ourselves. If you want transformation, there's one thing to just apply rules or to you know stick to something you can do for 30 days. But when you really educate yourself and you understand why and, and how this all works, then it's not a matter of following rules. It's, it's knowing what's best and making a decision to create a lifestyle. Mark, it's been such an honor to have you on the show today. I've so, I want to have you on for like three more hours. <laughs> Your websites, you've got two great websites. By the way, I will link to both of them in my show notes, but I just want to congratulate you and honor you for your commitment to this and your health. And and I also, as always, with a guest who has a successful marriage, um, I want to honor you for that because you and your wife have been married, is it correct, 26 years? 24 years. We've been together 24 26. years. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And, um, and and that that speaks to your your lifestyle and being healthy. And, and that's a big part of this. It's not just about abs. It's not just about bank account. You know, our health is is full circle and and to see that you have a healthy relationship to me says a lot about your integrity. Well, thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. So thanks for being a guest today. My pleasure. We'll do it again. Can I just tell you how fortunate I feel to be in this position to talk to people like Mark and JJ Virgin and, and Roger Love and Michael Hyatt, Tony Horton, Brendan Burchard, Lewis Howes, Greg McEwen, so many of the amazing guests who I've had on the show and to have the opportunity to spend time with these people who've made it their life's mission to teach other people. And then for me to have a platform like this, to be able to share it with you, I just have to tell you, I feel so blessed. It just makes me a better person every time I get to ask people these kind of questions, pick their brain, and and it's such an incredible honor to then be able to share that with you. I mean, this stuff makes us better. Don't you think so? I mean, don't you agree? I wish I could see your face right now. I could just pinch your cute little cheeks and I'm hoping that you're just nodding in agreement with me. I just feel like you must be listening to the show because we're a lot alike and you like me just you get this charge when you spend time enriching your knowledge and it's pretty dang cool. 
I just get really excited about this stuff and I hope you do too. So pull out your phone. If you haven't already, I'm gonna ask you again to subscribe to the show. If you haven't subscribed, why not? All you have to do is hit the subscribe button when you're in the iTunes store or in the Stitcher app and then the episodes show up automatically on your phone. Hello. And even better than that, steal your friend's phone, show them where the podcast app is, and then get that person to subscribe to The Shaleen Show. Send me a tweet and let me know you've done that. Or if you're on my Facebook wall, which is facebook.com forward slash Shaleen. It doesn't matter what post I've posted most recently. Just leave me a little comment with the hashtag stole my friend's phone and I'll know what you've done. I'll know what you're up to. It'll be our own little inside joke. Friends get friends to subscribe. So join the tribe and click subscribe. Oh my God, that was so cheesy. Sometimes I'm just sitting here by myself on this microphone and I say things that I'm like, that is so dumb. Or is it? Or is it funny? Or is it just really late and I think it's funny? Hmm, I'm not sure about that one. I'll let Nick, Nick Jaworski, my editor, I'll let him decide if that was funny or not. All right, guys, you know the deal. You are the bomb.com, baby. I love ya. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 